Hi, welcome to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. always get to say hello you you just <laughs> never say it i don't know what to tell you well you hit record and then you talk right away so you never even get the couldn't, chance but i couldn't even tell you like okay start now because i need to hear it okay but i would have said something obviously all right let's start over no i don't want to it's tainted i'm literally waiting for you hi to everyone whatever i don't care there's is... no way to start a podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is in cahoots with kelly, kelly and savannah, and savannah. <laughs> I need to work on that. Uh, I'm Kelly. I'm Savannah. Um, anything you want to talk about? Oh my gosh, Kelly. <laughs> uh, you're like so annoying. But whatever else, tell them. The the quote unquote good news. <laughs> Kelly asked me to be her bridesmaid. It was out of pity because I felt like it'd be awkward when I mean, we were it's no mo. It's no mo. I'll just say that. No mo. Wait of honor. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna call Reagan Mo, Mo. For the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. Um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting if you're into that kind of thing. I am personally, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she got me an oversized scrunchie, a glossier lip gloss, and a candle. And it was packaged in a cute little note. And those boxes were hard to to construct. <laughs> like it, it took. They look me- like cake boxes. I don't know. I just I got my name with one. Don't don't tell anyone. You support Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, don't tell Jeff. Um, but as an engineer, it should not have taken me that long to construct those stupid That's boxes. That's uh, It's okay. When we had to move buildings for work, we used like whatever the you know the classic like yeah. you're getting fired. You take your plant and staple around in this yeah. box. And the, yeah, I could not construct it. I had to look up a YouTube video, <laughs> multiple YouTube videos. So. Yeah. We're, we're very stupid. Anyway, um, anyway, moving back on to the point of this podcast, um, what are we going to talk about today, Savannah? We're going to talk about the mystery that is Stonehenge. Commonly confused <laughs> with Stonehenge. Yeah, it's not a hedge. It's a henge. Well, I don't think a henge is a thing, but it is. Well, in this in this circumstance, it is. Okay. So if, like, if they were made out of, like, paper, they'd be called paper, paper henge. henge. Yeah, exactly. they'd still be here today if they were made out of paper. <laughs> Very strong paper. Um, so we got some of our sources, really short lists, mainly Wikipedia, but also History.com. And the Independent. Yes. Was another source. Cool. So, you know, why don't you start us off? Me? Yeah. You're gonna let me take it away? Yeah, you go ahead. Oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah, okay, you're yeah. I'll just go ahead and start now. <laughs> um, so if you don't know what Stonehenge is, it's a prehistoric monument in Wiltshire, England, two miles west of Amesbury. We have to say this whole thing in a British accent, you know that. I right? don't know how to talk in a British accent. I feel like you you know a little bit. Okay, when I watch shows that have like British accents, I feel like I start thinking of it in my head. Like, my thoughts are British. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but I can never, like, say the words out loud. Sometimes if I watch The Great British Bake Off enough, I hear the narrator and the hosts, um, like, narrating my life in their voices. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, that's probably the most British, like, show I watch. So when I do watch that, I get that British accent. Yeah. 
And back when I would watch Harry Potter, too. I nice. Like that classic. Too. Yeah, classic. yeah. I would practice my, you're Harry Potter, in case I ever got cast as an extra. What about, can you do, you're a wizard, Harry? <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? I'm a what? <laughs> You're actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh my gosh. You should have given me a note that said like Y E R, like you're my bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> I would have appreciated that so much more than that. Uh, I should have you done gave me. <laughs> Shrek themed boxes. <laughs> Kelly's gonna have a Shrek themed wedding. Yeah, I'm gonna be wearing a green dress. No, you'll be. Like Fiona. Fiona wears a wedding dress. Oh, I could do that. And you could wear a red wig and but make a But Gio will be dressed as an ogre. And Spana's going to be the gingerbread man. <laughs> I want to be Farquaad. No. I'm short enough to be Farquaad. No. Who's going to be Farquaad? Our ring bearer. He'll have to, like, watch, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He was probably, he was born after Shrek. Like, he's known, he's never known a world without Shrek. Whoever it is. Lord Farquaad? No, your ring bearer. Oh, we don't actually have a ring bearer. I know, but it'll be a child, I assume, and they've never known a world without <laughs> no, Shrek. it'll be a man. <laughs> on his knees. <laughs> but with the shoes on his knees. Okay, we need to actually- That's true. Can you believe Shrek came out in 2001? That was 20 years ago. I don't want to think about it. Time is li- not linear. It is an illusion. Okay. Where were we? So, <laughs> so <laughs> just first bullet point. <laughs> Okay, keep going. Stonehenge is a ring of standing stones, each around 13 feet high, 7 feet wide, and weighing 25 tons. That's pretty heavy. Someone says, never mind. Um, <laughs> how many is that in the metric system, Kelly? Um, 7 feet in the metric system? They're 13 feet high. Oh, they're 7 feet Okay, high, well, 13 feet high in the metric system is about 4 meters. Did you just make that up? Yes. Nice. I believed you. I'm going to look it up and I'll let you know. Keep going. Uh, the stones are set in the middle of the most dense complex of Neolithic and Bronze Age monuments in England, including several hundred tumuli, which are burial mounds. Oh my gosh, she was almost right. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. I'm sorry. I just noticed I have like a like a coarse hair, like, like a really long hair coming out of my neck. Do you want me to pluck it? I do, actually. Wait, actually? Maybe later. Right now? No, we do later. I'm just going to be playing with it the whole time. Okay. okay. Archaeologists believe that Stonehenge was constructed anywhere from 3000 BC to 2000 BC, which, as we established in episode one, mm-hmm. um, it goes number. backwards. So that's fun. Radiocarbon dating suggests that the first blue stones, which is the type of stone that they're made out of, was raised between 2400 and 2200 BC. It's one of the most famous landmarks in the United Kingdom and is regarded as a British cultural icon. The site and its surroundings were added to, is it pronounced UNESCO or UNESCO? I always said UNESCO. Okay. UNESCO's list of World Heritage Sites in 1986. Um, have you ever been to a UNESCO World Heritage well, Site? Well, what are some of them? Do you know anyone besides Stonehenge? Yes, I've been to one. What? Um, Hallstatt in Germany. That's the, isn't that a town? Yeah. The whole town is a site? Mm-hmm. What it's are some other ones? Any, well, I've only been to, like, four countries. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to put that humble brag in there. All I'll right, look some you up look and it up? Now. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of my wine. I'm just going to wait. Uh, Yellowstone National Park. Been there. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. You've been to Yellowstone? Yes. When did you go to Yellowstone? When I was in middle school. Tifty. With my family. <laughs> Taj Mahal. I've been there, too. <laughs> you haven't. Statue of Liberty. Okay, I've been there. 
uh, Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Machu Picchu, I've been there. the Great Barrier Reef, Vatican City, so I've been to two. I've been there, too. Okay. Galap- I've been to four. Galapagos Islands, the Everglades, Monticello. I've never been to the Everglades, and we Me live in Florida. Me neither. That's embarrassing. The Great Wall of China. University of Virginia. What? <laughs> Dang, I thought it was more selective. Never mind. It's not really a brag now. <laughs> How many are there? Probably I don't a lot, know. right? Probably a lot, yeah. Okay, well, I've been to four, at least. Four plus. Okay, keep going. Um, Stonehenge is owned by the Crown and managed by English Heritage, which I looked up because I didn't know what English Heritage was, and it's basically just, like, kind of a charity organization that manages, like, natural landmarks. Okay. Um, and the surrounding land is owned- oh, I'm sorry. The National Trust is, like, the charity organization. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. For, 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 um, natural landmarks. I don't know what English Heritage is. I'll look it up. Okay, thanks for fact-checking this one, Kelly. She's really doing the most. English Heritage is a charity that manages over 400 historic monuments, buildings, and, pal- and places. Oh, so basically the same thing as the, the National yeah. Trust. Um, Stonehenge could have been a burial ground from its earliest beginnings. We don't really know, I guess. But when the ditch and bank were first dug up, there was human remains from as early as 3000 BC. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tell you how it was constructed. Okay, so the construction, um, a lot of the theories is kind of how it because we really don't know yeah so like that so how it was built kind of feeds into a lot of like the conspiracy theories because it's insane that the these people were able to do this so long ago okay so stonehenge was produced by a culture that left no written records therefore many aspects of the stonehenge such as how is it were built and why are up for debate the site specifically the great trilithon so basically the trilithon is the structure so if you look up pictures of stonehenge it's like most of the monument is made up of two vertical stones and then a third one on top so it kind of looks like a like an arch but square yeah exactly so that's a trilithon okay so there's a great trilithon a horseshoe arrangement of the five central trilithons i guess just trilithon trilithon no there's no h in there what have i been saying trilithon okay trilithon i don't know there's a heel stone and then an an embanked avenue and the all these structures are aligned to the sunset of the winter solstice and the opposite and opposing summer sunrise of the summer solstice. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is crazy that they were able to build something like right upon the, that line. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a natural landform at the Stonehenge location uh, follows this line and may have inspired its construction. The excavated remains of uh, animal bones suggest that many people have gathered at the site for winter. So I don't really know why the animal bones suggest they... winter time, but I guess maybe like hibernation. Oh, I don't know. Maybe mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a geologist <laughs> no, or scientist. No, 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 no. There is little evidence on what construction techniques were used by the builders over the years. Various authors have suggested that supernatural methods were used, usually stating that the stones were impossible to move due to their mass size. So that feeds into the, some alien theories, which we'll talk about. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah. However, conventional techniques have been demonstrated effective at moving and placing stones of similar sizes. So I think there have been experiments to try Mm -hmm. to see. Um, So how they pulled the stones, um, how the stones could have been transported by prehistoric people without the aid of a wheel or a pulley system is not known. But a common theory is that people moved the stones and they created a track of logs, which the large stones were rolled along. So they put up a bunch of logs mm. and just rolled them down. Which... But then how'd they make, get them upright? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, they didn't have a pulley system, so who knows. And then another transportation theory involves the use of a type of sleigh running on track greased with animal fat. Mm. Fun! Which is also fun. But yeah, I mean, these things weighed, like we said at the beginning, 25 tons, so how do they... And these things are 13 feet high, so it's like, no one's that tall where they could, like, (laughs) lift it up, so who knows? Um, it's literally insane. Yeah. Mm. And these are people before Christ. So this is... Also, they say, like, I feel like um, scientists say that, or historians say that people were a lot shorter. Like, like uh, the human person, person like, grew in height. Like, we were... Probably, because... Like, you know, three to five feet high when we were in the ancient times. Yeah. And this is... Yeah, so this is before Christ. So this is, like... A long, a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Um, speaking of which, so much of the history is conjecture because it's based off of, you know, carbon dating and all of that mm-hmm. jazz, carbon which I know is so nothing about. <laughs> um, but so I'll just talk about the history that we kind of do know, the datable history. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in the Middle Ages, Stonehenge became privately owned. And by the late 1800s, crowds of visitors were flocking to the site because um, it was cool, I guess, looking, you know. It's a yeah. mystery. It's, people still, like, it's a huge, so many tourists. Yeah, it's um, a huge tourist trap. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sir Edmund Antrobus, owner of the land on which Stonehenge is situated, resisted calls from preservationists to sell the property to the British government. But in the early 1900s, Antrobus's son put up a fence around the prehistoric monument. And for the first time in history, visitors were charged an admission fee. So you have to pay to go see it? I don't know, but I looked on the official Stonehenge website and there's, like tours there's photo ops like they have a whole they're making money off of it that's so weird. i don't know if you have to pay now i mean yeah i'm sure they're making money off it but like just to walk up to right, the site it's open land. like do you have to pay i, I mean that goes into me being mad that you have to pay to go to the freaking beach where like sometimes you have to pay to like park at the beach and i'm like that's so stupid it's literally god's gift to the world <laughs> and you're making us pay to go see that's it so funny okay so normal prices with donation is 21.50 and without donation is 19.50 and that's or in you euros. Can remember and do it for free. Yeah. Which So you have to pay 20 euros to go see That's expensive that's for an American especially. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. I agree. I'm protesting by not going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm martyr to some, but just doing my doing my part. Okay, so meanwhile, the British military began establishing training facilities in the surrounding area, resulting in an influx of soldiers and equipment and eventually aircrafts, um, some of which actually crashed near the site. However, the passage of the Ancient Monuments Consolidation and Amendment Act in 1913 protected Stonehenge from being intentionally demolished. Thank goodness. In 1915, after the Antrobus family heir was killed during World War I, Stonehenge went up on the auction block where local resident Cecile Chubb... (laughs) Chubb. <laughs> Cecile. <laughs> Successfully bid on the site and on a whim, on a whim no less, for 6,600 euros. Don't know what that is in today's American money. Okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> no one asked you to. I'm curious. In 1950? Uh, 1915. Okay. Almost it's, a million dollars. It's almost a million dollars. <laughs> that took a that very took short a amount of time. Years. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay, just so you know, we cut out a lot. Okay. I'm never looking anything up again. So, fun fact. We're going to go back in time a little bit. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. 
Okay, so I forgot where we left off. Chubb. All right, so Chubb bids on it for basically today's money, a million American dollars. But back then it was 6,600 pounds. Three years later, Chubb donates Stonehenge to the national government. So all that, and he donates it. He must have been a wealthy yeah, man. Yeah, he must have been very rich. Um, In recognition of this deed, he was knighted by the prime minister. So I guess being, it's not about the acts you do, but it's about the money you have. Yeah, he had a million true. dollars. I mean, he donated it. That I was I mean, nice. yeah. In 1877, hopping back a little bit, fun fact, um, Charles Darwin, you familiar with that man? No. Okay. Traveled to, <laughs> traveled to Stonehenge to conduct research on a subject that had long fascinated him, earthworms. Ew. I used to love earthworms as a kid. Okay, my no, mom no. would garden and I would literally dig them no, up and like collect them. No, no, no. But now, fun fact, today worms are my most hated animal. I hate them with every fiber of my being. You second hate them none cockroaches? to cockroaches. Cockroaches first, biggest fear, hatred, and then worms. That's weird. Specifically like inchworms. Like I just don't think okay. they they think she should have legs. That's odd. But my biggest animal fear is probably just as irrational, so. Okay. You're not going to say what it is. Oh, um, it's frogs. <laughs> I hate frogs. They're the most disgusting animals in the entire world. They're gross and slimy and disgusting and full of gluck. And I hate frogs. And I think they're cute. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're A tree frog? <gasps> oh, my God. It's so cute. They're so disgusting. I hate There's a girl frogs. on TikTok who literally, like has a pet frog and she puts hats on it and puts it on her shoulder and they sing songs together. I I would murder that frog okay, if it came in front of me. That's a little strong. No, frogs are so gross. Anyway, Charles Darwin really loved earthworms and during his visit, he um, was interested in the impact that the worms had on objects in the soil over time, observed how a fallen stone at the ancient monument had sunk deeper into the ground as a result of the activities of the Lowly creatures, it says, which are earthworms. So apparently this article has a very, very poor opinion of earthworms as well. Um, who continually turn the soil. That's very interesting. So basically he was studying how they the stones sunk deeper into the earth over time because earthworms were constantly turning the soil. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think they're fascinating too. Darwin's research was included in what would be his final book, book, The Formation of Vegetable Mold Through the Actions of Worms. <laughs> Sounds like a real page turn. Ew, do British people add a U in the word in the word mold? Yeah, they added word they add U in basically anything with an O. Ugh. Um, and that was published in 1881, if you want to go check it out from your local oh, library. Oh, yeah, 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 I will. <laughs> okay. First held in 1974, jumping forward a couple uh, years, 100. So, um, first held in 1974 during the summer solstice, the Stonehenge Free Festival started as a counterculture gathering that grew significantly in size over time. But after tens of thousands of people showed up for the 1984 festival, authorities concerned about such an issue as open drug use and things like that banned the event for the following year. Nevertheless, a year later, on June 1st, 1985, a long convoy of vehicles filled with would-be festival goers who were part of a movement called the New Age Travelers made its way towards Stonehenge. It's kind of like, um... Coachella? No. What's the one that was, like, a big cultural thing? Oh, my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Woodstock? Yeah, oh my it's gosh. kind of like the Woodstock equivalent in, like, the UK. <laughs> So, anyway, they're making their way towards Stonehenge. About seven miles from the ancient site, police stopped the convoy. Um, and accounts of what happened next vary. So, according to law enforcement, um, the police were attacked by the people in the vehicles. But those in the convoy said the police dragged um, the people in the convoy unprovoked from their vehicles and beat them. 
little he said, he said, she said action, am I right? <laughs> the travelers fled to a nearby bean field where they were surrounded by police and more violence ensued. Two dozen people were hospitalized and numerous arrests were made. And in the aftermath of the so-called Battle of the Bean Field, summer solstice gatherings at Stonehenge were prohibited until 2000 when they came back. Oh, I feel like that would be fun to see it there. I agree. Because of how it, like, aligns with it. Um, well, it's still happening. Not with COVID, but. Right, yeah. Um, so fun fact, actually, again, it's not the only mysterious circle of stone monuments in Britain. There's a literal bigger Stonehenge called Avebury. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very similar in structure and it's larger and it's 25 miles south of Stonehenge. And during the medieval era, a number of the stones were knocked over and buried by local Christians who believed that they were pagan symbols. Oh, no. And then later, some of the stones were broken up and used as building materials. And in the 1930s, archaeologist Alexander Keiler, Keeler, heir to a British marmalade fortune, oh, no. <laughs> purchased the site and he cleared away old cottages and farm buildings and re-erected some of the stones. Oh, so cool. it went through some harrowing times. What but were these ancient people doing in Britain? They were just being good Christians and knocking over the pagan stones. They were just building Um, I don't know. Okay, what the heck was this used for? So, it's very much up for debate. No one knows why it was built and, like, what purpose it served for these people. Um, there, a guy named Jeffrey Wainwright, who's the president of the Society of Antiquaries Mm -hmm. of London... And Timothy Darville of Bournemouth University have suggested that the Stonehenge was a place of healing. They say this accounts for the high number of burials in the area and for the evidence of trauma deformity in some of the graves. Um, I don't know why that trauma deformity is such a funny phrase to it's me. It's just, yeah. However, they do concede that the site was probably a multifunctional and used for ancestor worship as well. Hmm. Um, so another guy named Mark... Mark Mike Parker Pearson of Sheffield University suggested that Stonehenge was part of a ritual landscape and was joined to the Durham walls by uh, corresponding avenues in the Avon River. So the, um, hold on a second, my thing's loading. Where iPad do you have? I think it's a three. It's, it's not the newest one. Okay. So he suggested that the area around Durrington Wall Henge was a place of the living, while the Stonehenge was a domain of the dead. So the Durrington Wall Henge is basically a Stonehenge that's like two miles northeast of the Stonehenge. Mm. So there's lots of them around this area. That I don't really quite know. Quite interesting. Um, so a journey along the Avon River to reach the Stonehenge, which the Avon River is nearby the Stonehenge. Um, so the journey along the river was part of a ritual passage from life to death to celebrate ancestors and the recently deceased. That's interesting. It's like the river sticks. Yeah. And also I, kind I of kind like of Dia thought, Muertos. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. That's interesting. Um, he, Mike uh, Parker Pearson also believed that the Stonehenge may have been built as a um, symbol of, quote, peace and unity. Uh, during the time of its construction, it's believed that the Britain's Neolithic people, who were the ones that built the Stonehenge, were, were experienced we're experiencing a period of cultural unification. So it's like a, yay, we're all happy. Let's build a monument. I'm sure that's exactly what they had. <laughs> time, this time. Okay, also, um, um, this is one of my favorites. Well, the second one is. Okay, so other theories are that it was built as a music concert hall due to it has nice acoustics, I guess. And another theory, which is my favorite, was that it was an ancient corporate team building exercise. <laughs> so they were like, yo, we're not getting along. Let's all like build this together and bond. 
hey, um, I talked to HR about Ted harassing me, yeah. and they're like, okay, we'll do a retreat at Stonehenge. Yeah. Let's let's build a monolithic site. Yeah. Very let's lift 25 ton stones that are 13 I mean, feet high i think that would bond either bond people together or make them hate each other and kill each other it's so weird it's like why did they build it literally why that's literally what this podcast is about i know i want to know we don't know okay keep going okay so some of the more um realistic theories and boring theories are um so we talked about do we talk about this guy? Oh, no. Two mm. Jeffrey spelled with a G-E-O. How interesting. That is interesting. I guess that's a, an, probably a British It's a British way. thing. Yeah. Um, so in the early 12th century, Jeffrey of Monmouth was, it's probably Monmouth, I don't know, was one of the first people to write about the ancient site, and he claimed it was erected as a memorial to hundreds of Britons who were slayed by the Saxons. And according oh, those to- Saxons. Gotta hate the Saxons. <laughs> According to Jeffrey, the wizard Merlin supposedly directed that the stones for the monument to be procured from the giant's ring, a stone circle with magical healing powers, said to be located in Ireland. So that's fun. Um, another <laughs> theory. That's a realistic theory. <laughs> yeah, a wizard built it with magic, obviously. <laughs> from the giant. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, so Kelly will elaborate more on that, but... Um, Another theory suggested by John Aubrey and 18th century archaeologist William Stukeley is that Stonehenge was built as a Druid temple. Modern scholars say Stonehenge's structure predated the Druids. However, the present-day Druids view it as a sacred spot. I think it's like a witchcrafty type thing, but I think you should go ahead and Google that one real quick. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. A priest, magician, or soothsayer in ancient Celtic religion. Oh, fun! Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, another theory introduced in the 1960s hold that, holds that Stonehenge was an astrono- astronomical computer used to predict eclipses. I could see that. Yeah, I guess with the solar stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, the... Solstice. Yeah, I mean, they I built, like, crazy things. I don't really know how that stuff works, so I'm not going to elaborate on that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008, archaeologists suggested that Stonehenge was a center for healing... Like a prehistoric, prehistoric version of lords that attracted the sick and injured. Interesting. Are you familiar with Our Lady of Lords? Lords France? Yes. So there's like a shrine there. Yes. She's like an apparition of yes. Mary that appeared. Yes, yes. I watched, some... a, I watched a movie about that. Me too, in Catholic in... school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. a good movie. It was a cartoon? No, this was uh, a live action. I watched a cartoon about it. No, it was, it was really like a little girl. Okay, cool. Um, When you first said Lord, I thought of lord the singer oh my gosh <laughs> kelly we're both catholic and that's the first thing you think of. okay um near the center of the monument there is a horseshoe shaped opening that faces northeast suggesting that the designers of the monument wanted it to align with the points of sunrise and sunset during the winter solstice mm-hmm. which i think we kind of already established radiocarbon dating on animal remains found near stonehenge revealed that the that pigs were slaughtered either in December or January every year, suggesting an annual ritual around the time of the equinox. I wonder if they use it as sort of a calendar. Could be. I feel like it was something to do with, like, religion or something like that. Slaughtering yeah. animals, summer solstice, I don't know. Maybe they were just having a party, like, for the New Year. And they were like, we need some, like, decor. <laughs> no, I'm saying... Stuff. No, they you they built it to tell time, and then every time it was like the new year or whatever, they were like Happy New Year party time. Yeah, and they slaughtered a bunch of pigs. Sure, that's what we do now. I mean, pretty much it that's is. How I ring in the new like, year every year. I mean, for Thanksgiving, no, like we slaughtered a bunch of turkeys. 
Okay. I don't slaughter the turkeys. Did you... <laughs> I don't either. Um, did you watch... Um, have you seen Outlander? No. Okay. And Outlander... No spoilers. I'm going to watch it. Okay. It's like the first episode. Uh, so basically... I know she goes you back know, in time. Okay. Yeah. So how she goes back in time is... I don't know if it's Stonehenge specifically or if it's some other weird like... Ancient monumental mo- structure. Yeah, but that's, like, how she gets transported back. <gasps> Time travel. So, I feel like it might... There's probably some, like, ancient theories, too, that have to do with, like, time traveling and stuff. I bet. Okay, moving on. Okay, so this kind of piggybacks off what um, Savannah had talked about, about the wizards. Just, like, backhand springing off of what you were talking about <laughs> earlier, Kelly. Right, right, right. Okay, so giants built it. Okay, so Merlin, um, the wizard, of course, from the Arthur. Arthurian? Arthurian Legends? Yeah, King Arthur. I don't know. Yeah, King Arthur okay, Legends. Like, like, was Merlin real, though? Was King Arthur real? Like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm very familiar with a legend, but I genuinely don't know. I feel like he might have been a King real Arthur person. King Arthur in the round table. In the I nights. feel like he was probably a real person. Maybe not all the stories about him are real. For sure, for sure. And, like, maybe Merlin, like, couldn't actually do magic, but, yeah, maybe, like, like, he, maybe he was, like, a real guy. Okay, look it up. It was King Also, what Arthur were we talking real? about before? Because I wanted to look that up, too. I can't remember. Oh, um... Outlander. Okay. So Merlin, the wizard. I wrote, sorry, but I typed in was King Arthur and then it populated to real, but I accidentally clicked something else and it said, was King Tut murdered? Was he murdered? I don't Look know. it up. <laughs> I, already, okay. I already clicked away. Merlin was a wizard from um, King Arthur Legends. Um, and the story was that a giant built the structure for him. Jeffrey of Monmouth, like we talked about before, widely spread this theory in the 12th century. According to Jeffrey, the rocks were healing rocks um, brought by the giants from Africa, and the king Aurelius Ambrosius wanted a memorial to remember the 3,000 nobles that were killed in a battle against the Saxons, and Merlin suggested using these healing stones, and um, so he got the giants to, like, bring them over and build the statue, or build the Stonehenge, the structure, and Geoffrey of Monmouth claims that the king Ambrose Ambrosius was buried is buried inside Stonehenge like inside one of the stones or like I think just like under like within the structure Mm -hmm. okay wait yeah king okay this um historian from the independent says that there's more um evidence to support the notion that Merlin was real than there is for King Arthur. Like, King Arthur's more of a legend and Merlin, they say, was gonna say Jesus. (laughs) Was, was, he's real. Was was actually a 6th century warrior king living in northern England according to something. So, they're both kind of legend and, like, maybe Merlin was more of, like, a warrior king than a wizard. wizard. That's But, like, wizards are real. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all read Harry Potter. We yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. We're also waiting for our letter to Hogwarts. <laughs> um, okay, so the last theory is that aliens did it, which this, I feel like, is one of the most common ones. Also, aliens, like, built the pyramids, right? Kelly, no! Slaves built the pyramids. You're doing them a disservice by saying they did it. Literally, those, those enslaved people are like, well, I lived an enslaved life, and it really sucked, but at least I built the pyramids, and that's my legacy. And now people are like... Aliens definitely okay, did Okay, but there's, like, I mean... We'll go in. We'll do a whole episode Yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as this. It's, like, how the heck did they construct right, that? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Aliens did it. One of the most prominent um, theories that can be traced back to a book is published was published in 1968 by Eric von Duncan. 
called Chariots of the Gods Unsolved Mysteries of the Past. Chariots so- of the Gods question mark. So yeah, Chariots of the Gods? Unsolved mysteries of the past. (laughs) I hate you. Okay. The book suggests that ancient religions and technologies were given to ancient civilizations by ancient astronauts. Is there enough ancient in this sentence? (laughs) Who were received as gods. Ancient gods. Ancient gods. Okay. So I can kind of see that. Aliens come. I can see it. Aliens come down and they're like, yo, here's some technology. And then people are like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then that's where they get the gods that they worship from. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, seeing it. I'm yeah, seeing it yeah. For sure. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this doesn't have to do with it, but like, where did Greek gods come from? Like, how did people come the up heavens. with all that? Yeah. So, it's like they had to. This is actually a good story for it. Yeah. Okay. Van Duyken claims that Stonehenge was built by visiting aliens, or at least that they provided necessary knowledge and technologies to build it, not wanting to imply that these visitors were underachievers. He also gives them credits for the pyramids and Ooh. the Easter I- Island. Moai? I don't Among know. Easter things. Island's another one we should cover. That's very interesting. I don't really know anything about that. The big, like, stone faces. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. You've um, never been there? It's a UNESCO Heritage World Site. Probably is. <laughs> um, sightings of UFOs have continued to crop up in the newspapers, magazines, and online, and one notable incident even saw a researcher stalked by a tall, thin figure, an alien popping back to check of his proud work, perhaps. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Definitely seems like that's plausible um, history. Yeah. For Um, sure. What do you think, Kelly? Do you remember that episode of Parks and Rec where Andy goes to London and April, like, calls him and is like, oh, like, how's work? And he's like, I think I'm really lost. And he's like, Stonehenge is in front of Stonehenge. Classic Andy. Yeah. I always thought that Stonehenge was in, like, Scotland. I didn't realize it was actually in England. I don't think I, I think I just said Northern Europe. Yeah, the UK. Yeah, the UK would cover all that. Um, what do you think? I think it was. I feel like it was probably like some religious thing, and they definitely built it. I definitely think it was probably had something to do with like the summer and winter solstice, and they built it along that line. I would just love to know how they built it. I think so too. I think it was some cultural religious thing, but um, how they built it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, same with like pyramids and stuff. Like maybe they were just built different. You know. Man, Stonehenge is just, like, built different. Like, I, yeah, and when you think about, I mean, those 13 feet high, so there was probably double, triple the size of most of the people, 25 tons. So. How did they get them to stay, stay in the ground? Earthworms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hold on tight, guys. So, shocker for this episode, two um, young 20-something women did not solve the mystery of Stonehenge uh, based on some light research. Sad. I'm shocked. Um, shocked and sad, honestly, but maybe next time we'll get them. Huh? I think next time we will, for sure. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. So, guys, let us know what you think. Um, Stonehenge. Yeah. Mysteries. Is it real? Fake? Is it real? <laughs> you ever been? Let us know. Send yeah, us send it. Oh, I would love to see a picture. Tag of us in your Stonehenge pics. Yeah, hashtag Wanderlust. Oh my gosh, in a, in a pandemic in the middle of a Panera Bread. There's a Patricia outside. <laughs> yeah, don't travel during the placenta. Please, please don't travel. We're in the, literally in the middle of a parallel line, so do not do that. But maybe when it's over... There's a pel- parallelogram. I don't know if you've heard of it. I don't know. Maybe by um, the time this comes out, it'll be over. It'll be ancient history. It, it won't be. Like the Stonehenge. Yeah. 
Anyway, oh, um, cool. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram. At in cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. Send us an email. In cahoots with Kelly and Savannah at gmail.com. And leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. In cahoots with Kelly and Savannah on And subscribe in so you can get our episodes every time they come out. What, can, what day do they come out, the Kelly? On Thursdays. Good job. What time? At 10. 11? Like 7 a.m. First thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, I literally was released them at like 8 or 9, and then my mom was like, Savannah, I really want to listen to these on my dog walk right when they're released, and so I started releasing them Wait, at 7 a.m. your mom listens to them? Kelly, she's our only listener! No, I won't let my mom listen. <laughs> my dad tried to play this out loud at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, oh, no. and I near had a stroke. <laughs> I was humiliated. Uh, my, my dad my aunt was just like, why do you want to talk about these things? <laughs> my aunt was like, how do I listen to a podcast? <laughs> so anyway, tell your friends, uh, but also don't listen. We're too embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> just play it on mute in the background of whatever you're doing. Yeah, we don't really care if you listen as long as we get the views. We just got to get the views, then we'll start doing sponsorships, we'll get the money, mm-hmm. and then we'll be rich. And then we can quit our day jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Anyway, as we like to say over here mm-hmm. in my closet... Trust no one. Bye. bye. You never let me say bye. We said it at the same time. But I wanted to say it on my own. Bye, guys. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs>